Welcome to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yachts, and today is part four of my interview with Adam Franklin, who is the president and creative director of Creative Chops Studios. He has also worked on motion graphics for the films such as Iron Man 2 and The Fighter. Enjoy. What is something that you were proud of that you don't think gets mentioned enough? Something I'm proud of that doesn't get mentioned enough. I, uh, that's, that is an extremely, that's a tremendous question because there's so many facets that I've been through and gone through something that I'm proud of that doesn't get mentioned enough. Okay. I I think probably one of my most proud moments, and this actually has some good stories built into it would be the commercial that I wrote and was creative director on for Dan and Oikos. Mm. This was a opportunity that happened uh, a few years ago, kind of at what I kind of see as the pinnacle and the height before we moved from Los Angeles. And that commercial as a whole, no matter how it came out on the back end, um, the amount of things that I learned from that commercial and working on that size budget, it was the first time that I was a part of one that was that size, uh, I think was amazing um, on this end. And when it comes to mentioned enough, I mean, anything in commercials, unless you have a campaign or a commercial that just changes the industry or sets a tone forever, that kind of thing, commercials are forgotten. And for me, I think that knowing how I came through the competition and then what I did to talk Dan and Oikos into letting me create direct on the spot and then getting to work with the actors I worked with and all of that as a whole, that's the one that I really fall back on as such a wonderful experience uh, through and through. So talk a little bit about how you, how you got that. So it was another competition through pop tent. This is probably the last one I did with them and pop tent put out a uh, competition for screenwriters and for uh, copywriters saying, Hey, come up with ideas for a Super Bowl commercial for Dan and Oikos. Uh, I'm not sure how familiar you were back then, but like full house was a major, major uh, show back in the nineties, something mm. I grew up watching and that kind of thing. TGI Friday. I mean, anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> the, uh, so anyway, so I already knew all these guys and they were saying this is under wraps, but the guys are going to get back together and then they're going to push out, you know, spin off this other full house. Um, yeah, I, I did series. watch that. Yeah. With okay. the, yeah, that was yeah. clever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, they said, come up with concepts and we are going to have a Dan and Oikos commercial with Stamos and Bob Saget and Dave Coulier. They're all signed on to do it. And best person can, you know, best one wins kind of thing. Right. And it was for a flat amount of money and they just wanted the screenplay or they just wanted the commercial write up. So I went through a bunch and spent so much time on it, sent it out there and uh, ended up making it into the top five. And then after I made through the top five, it came down to two of us and they decided, you know what, Dan and loves both of them. We're going to shoot both commercials. Then we'll test them and we'll see which one goes and plays at the Super Bowl. And so keep going back to this whole Super Bowl commercial thing. And so, uh, <laughs> so I ended up uh, going above and beyond and doing lots of rewrites and things that they said, well, this doesn't work and that doesn't work. And so we just keep throwing so much against the wall. And I mean, I was just taking all this time coming up with all these different ideas and one liners and all this stuff. And the reason I say that is because then my hope was I wanted to direct the commercial. And so I presented that to uh, Dannon and to my contact there. 
and he saw all the work I'd put in and blood, sweat and tears on it. And he goes, well, you know, for a commercial of this size and magnitude and all that, we, we absolutely love you real, but there's no way in the world that Danon's going to sign off on this, but I can bring you into a creative director position on this. And so for me, that was huge. I said, absolutely. That's wonderful. So getting to be involved in that was amazing because in some ways I learned a lot about what I thought was directing commercials and what a real director does on commercials is completely different. And it's one of those things where it actually turned me off from the idea of the path I was on to try to become a national uh, director for national commercials um, because I kind of got to see behind the scenes of exactly the role they play versus what I thought they played. Meaning mm-hmm. I'm guessing that. Um, so for me, feature film directors do a lot of the different things we talked about. Right. But when you are on a multi-million dollar national commercial, the amount of people that you answer to as a director is insane. And it's not the amount of crew and those types of things, but I got to see firsthand a director navigate people. Yeah. You'll have people there that are like almost a focus group. Yes. Watching the commercial as you. Yes. Navigate that. Yep. Not even done yet. They're already giving you notes. (laughs) Absolutely. Navigate that video village of, you know, all these different people with marketing titles and all these different, you know I mean? And it was just, it was amazing to watch the process of it. And it's crazy to know what the idea was to begin with versus how the final commercial came out. And yeah. sometimes you're so much happier and sometimes you're like, what in the world they do to my idea and that kind of stuff. What did they but, do to my baby? <laughs> right. Right. But as a whole, I think that it was uh, an amazing, it was amazing to me, even though maybe the final commercial didn't come out quite like I was envisioning through those months of working on this. It was still so amazing to watch it go through that yeah. process. Um, and go through the blender. I mean, it truly did go through the blender, but uh, yeah. So anyway, problem. yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mass, especially the commercials and stuff, unless you're like, you know, I know Ridley Scott does a lot of commercials and stuff. I'm sure he's not sitting there, you know, they're not giving him a million <laughs> to like, uh, just go do what you do. But yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. And with commercial directing, it's, it's very much, you know, a million masters, you know, yeah. but since it's short, it's fine when you do that with, and there are, I've, I listened to, what was it? That last Hellboy they did. Mm-hmm. There were producers on the set. So the director would give an actor a note and then the producer would come up to the actor and say, uh, ignore that note. Just don't do that one. <laughs> it's like, how do you, how do you work with that? Like, yeah. like you're having people there sabotaging the thing and be like, uh, so I told you that. Yeah. He said, don't do that. Yeah, no, it was like, <laughs> well, maybe I should just quit and go home. You know, he can direct the commercial. No, 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 no. They want you still. They just don't like what you're doing there. You yeah. know, you get like a billion notes. So yeah, I I understand that. Yeah, <laughs> it goes through. Yeah, it gets our demographic says that this would not work so well. So let's take that out. Mm-hmm. Let's make this cereal here. Mm-hmm. Let's put this here. I don't like that car he's driving. Let's change the car. You know, like a million things. It's just like, uh, and I, you know, uh, and it, yeah, yeah. I, I had one of the greatest uh, understandings of myself. I had to grow up real fast in that moment, uh, taking on the creative director position. I'll just share one story yeah. from it, which yeah. was uh, we were probably about a week out from shooting. <clears throat> and 
uh, we are doing wardrobe with all of the the cast. And so this is the first time I'd already met John Stamos the day before and we talked over stuff, yeah. but this is the first time meeting Bob Saget. Rest in peace. Yeah. That man's awesome. Right. So he's great. Bob Saget walks in. Nothing like nothing like who he plays. <laughs> definitely, definitely not Danny Tanner for sure. <laughs> but a very, very sweet man. Um, but Bob Saget walks into this meeting and we've got our table read set up and they're trying to get fit for wardrobe, things like that. So director's handling all that, but I am pretty much the liaison to Dan and Oikos, meaning Mm -hmm. whatever their bidding is, that's what I'm doing. And so as creative director, I'm sitting beside, you know, the Dan and Oikos group and Saget walks in and, you know, sits down nice enough. And then they bring out pictures of what they want him to wear. And the whole idea is Bob Saget is in a grocery store shopping at a grocery store. That's it. That's all you need to know. And so they bring out different clothes and Saget says, yeah, no, no, those going to work for me. Um, I want to wear a suit. <laughs> and I go, okay. Okay. Uh, so can you take me through that a little bit? And he goes, the, the suit's my brand. Like nobody will recognize me without a suit on uh, no tie, just suit. And I'm sitting there like, okay. And I lean over and the Dannon exec says, absolutely not. And I go, okay. And he goes, you have to tell him. Of course. <laughs> and so for a good five minutes in front of everybody, I am trying to find out how in the world to manipulate Bob Saget into not fighting for wearing a suit in this commercial. And it's amazing. He's shutting me down every time. And I know he's doing it for fun at this point. I am going, oh yeah, yeah. I'm trying everything I can. This is my first interaction with him, right? And so we don't know each other at all. And so once we get about five, five, 10 minutes in, it's not like, he's not budging on this whole thing. He has to wear a suit. And I, you know, I even said like, well, if you did your own shopping and went to a grocery store on a Saturday morning, pushing a cart, like what, what are you, what are you going to roll up in? He's like a suit. And he just smiled at me. I was like, oh. Anyway, um, long story short, if you go back and watch the commercial, Bob Saget is wearing a suit. Uh, he is wearing a suit coat. And uh, yeah, so we we kind of caved on that. Because in, in Full House, he was kind of like wearing, you know, he did have like the appearance of a suit, but it right. wasn't always like the jacket. Well, yeah, for him, just- he, I, I think he, he probably put Full House in the background a bit in his life. He's just talking about in stand up. And okay. In his, in his present career, that's how. Yeah, it was one of the craziest moments, and I have to go toe to toe with Bob Saget right here. And I'm like, what? Who am I? Like in that moment, I was yeah. Like, what did I sign up for? This is insane. But but uh, the idea of the commercial is to kind of replicate somewhat Full House, right? I mean, uh, no, yeah, I mean, no, not not really in in that regard. It was just bringing back those characters, just bring um, back those characters. Okay, who hadn't been together in public in years and years and years after the fact or whatever. So, but, and then after that, uh, we got along so well and uh, man, I got to hear some of the Bob Saget jokes that I'd heard were told, uh, you know, and they did not disappoint. Uh, I'll just put that way that, but anyway, yeah, as a whole, it was such a wonderful experience, but yeah, that was, that's one that will always stick with me when they tell you the aristocrats joke. (laughs) <laughs> uh not in person i'm very very aware of the aristocrats joke, he, <laughs> he does like the best version of it mm-hmm. and it's like the the you know i wish they put that documentary out now so that people can realize you know oh yeah here's a here's a real offensive joke 
right. <laughs> here's some, here's what you really think. You know, yep, you yep. think that's offensive? Here's this. Here's this. Good luck. <laughs> so, what? Getting back to the executives, why were they so dead set against the suit? No one Just knows. Because yeah, no one and and I, I was not in the position other than trying to bring two two groups together. Uh, I was so not they, in the question. So they would just say no. They just said tone wise, it makes it. They said it makes no sense. Everybody's going to be looking at this dude in a suit in the middle of a grocery store shopping, and yeah. they, they just thought it it made no sense and it was silly for him to push for it, and he thought it was silly for them to not win a suit. <laughs> so how did they, so, so they finally caved to it. Like, what was it like, like what, after an hour <laughs> back when, and forth, they just were like, when I had exhausted every way and I'm a pretty manipulative guy when I want to be right. And I had yeah. tried everything. And after the smile and the, uh, because this is what I would wear, you know, Yeah. at that point I knew we weren't getting anywhere and we we're wasting <laughs> time. And there are 30 people in this room listening to this whole conversation happen. I said, Okay, Bob. I was like, no problem. You know what? I'll talk with Dannon and we'll all, you know, let, let's talk about this at a later time. Let's keep moving kind of thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, even just trying to talk him, the way that he gave in a little bit was was uh, getting him to actually just try on some of the wardrobe. Can we at least get you in pictures in the other wardrobe that was picked out and in a suit? And then let's, let's reconvene. So it was one of those things where you're just massaging yeah. it all the way down the street until they finally said, you know what? We have so many other things we have to take care of. He can wear the suit. We don't care. <laughs> so, so it's a good experience to see how it is, but you're like, this is not something I want to do like yeah. every single week, every single week. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh, everything about doing that, it's amazing. Everything's give and take, right? So when you work on multi-million dollar projects, you get the coolest toys and you get these huge, you know, you're renting out this whole grocery store for a day. And, yeah. you know, they've got their trailers set up. I mean, it's just this, this big event. And that part of it, I absolutely love. And the speed at which you go is much slower because you got, you know, moving this huge landmass of crew and all these types of things, right? So yeah. the days are much slower. Um, so I do like all of that about it. But the creative process gets completely taken out, in my mind, on the day. You can't have... If they have spent that much money, you you can't veer left or right unless something major oh, yeah. happens. It is so scripted that there's no room for any of that part of the creative process. Yeah, yeah, they, they yeah they're not going to go. Well, let's try this or mm -hmm. let's try that. Yeah, they're not they're not going to do that. Yeah, and and I love that part about like run and gun shooting guerrilla style uh, commercials, yeah. um, which I think in this day and age now, like it's perfect. It lends itself so much because a Costs have come down, which means the amount of money you can make at commercials has come down a ton. Um, yeah. So you can't, unless it's something specific, you can't really get deep into that. But then also the um, the amount of uh, flexibility that you have to be able to do a whole bunch of different things with the commercials, um, I think is so much better now. So when it comes to social media type stuff, the running gun commercials, I personally love because... Mm you can do a whole lot more with a lot less. Yeah. Talk about directing the actors. Like because you've directed actors and you were also on that, on that set and the Dannons talk about how you, what you learned from that. Sure. So I'll start with that one. Um, Is there an IMDB for, for commercials? 
No. And that is, really, uh, yeah. There really I, isn't. No. Or music not, or music videos. That's right. another one that I, I, because I've interviewed people. I didn't know after the fact that like he actually directed Smells Like Teen Spirit. Like probably one of the most, you know, from Nirvana, uh, yeah. one of the guys I I um I interviewed. Oh, but nice. But it's like, but like, you're not gonna be able to find that up. There's no IMDb, you know, of music videos or right. of uh, commercials. No, I've always thought that it needed to be. There, there are a couple of smaller ones, but nothing to that level because, yeah. you know, if they hadn't fought for credits for part of their pay, you know, back in the day, then feature films you wouldn't know any of the crew. But because exactly. all of that got done early on kind of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I actually talk about that a decent amount. Sometimes with people, it's like, you're not going to ever see my name at the end of a feature film or <laughs> the guys that I worked with. But yeah. we did so much. I mean, but you'll see plenty of the post-production people who actually edited the film kind of thing. Yeah. But in some ways, if you don't have these creative advertisers that can set this film up for success, then... Yeah. You know, it's not that I want my name at the end of a movie like that for that reason, but it's just, it's very interesting to know how many hundreds of people go into films that you never even oh, yeah. see in that long laundry list. Well, that's why I always stay at the end of a, a movie and I, people are like annoyed with me and like, yeah, but I'm showing respect to the film. Yeah. You know, these people worked really hard on this. That's cool to hear you like, say no, that. Yeah. Let's, let's, they're like, no, we should go like, who are you showing respect to? Like, especially on big budget films. I mean, sometimes the credits could be like 10 minutes. Oh, absolutely. You know, like Avatar 2 is like a 10 minute year yep. of the credits. Yep. I, Everybody's uh, leaving. We we do that all the time. Yeah. And I think that became just, you know, being out yeah. in LA. I mean, that's what most people do. It's more of a sign of respect, if nothing yeah, else. Yeah, same here. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I still argue with people. I'm like, the film's really good. You know, I, I usually clap after it. So <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, the, I'm like the only person doing that, you know, it's. <laughs> it's weird but yeah um okay yeah okay. so getting back to the uh directing yeah of the yeah. uh when we talk about the directing side of things when it comes to that dan and oikos commercial it's amazing to actually watch uh this director navigate the waters of all these different personalities and especially the marketing side of things and being able to say yeah no problem and all these things you know what i learned the most probably from him was how calm and collected he's Canadian. He's just chill and how calm and collected he was in any situation, even though we both knew the building was burning down at certain moments, but he never ever showed it. It's like a good quarterback, you know, yeah. the highs aren't too high. The lows aren't too low. And it's the exact same thing with the director. And that's exactly a big part that I learned that people are looking, people are already freaking out. And if they look to the person in charge and the person in charge is showing any kind of freak out or any kind of major oh, it'll, emotion, it'll go, it'll, it'll go right into the thing. It's you have to almost act like, you know, yeah, we, uh, we lost the set. It's burning down. Everything's going, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and then just being genuine, which I, I always try to do as well. I mean, that's, yeah. that's always been me in in the nutshell anyway, but to see someone so genuine on that Dan and Oiko set when it came to the crew and the cast and just all the different moving parts and things. Um, gratitude and being genuine will take you miles in this life, no matter what it is. And it's amazing because you hear lots of stories of people who aren't those things that make it to the top. And we see that, but those who are those things, I think they shine in such a bigger and more powerful light because yeah 
they do have the opportunity to not be those things in their yeah. role. But when they are, it makes the set better. It makes everything else better. So uh, I would say that was the biggest things that I picked up on from the Danon. Um, and then just the process when it came to the storyboarding, the laying out, because it's a specific process to try to hit a 30. And this director knew very, very well how to hit a 30 second spot. Mm -hmm. Like how many cuts can we actually have? How many words can be said? All that kind of stuff. And we came in, we came in very thick um, script. Did he already, did he already know? Did he know that the, the cuts when he came in or was that something that he would come to and discover? So he already had ideas on the, that the script was too long, but he mm -hmm. had ideas already that he'd worked through as they went through, you know, hiring him and signing him on that he knew were ideas that he thought would make it work better and would also get around the problem with being able to hit that 32nd mark and hit it effectively. And so the, our last night of pre-production, I'll never forget, we were like, all right, let's call in some food because we're going to be here for a while. Because until we can pace this out and we all agree this is 30 seconds, nobody leaves kind of thing. And that's that's yeah. what happened. And, you know, pulling down storyboards and redrawing storyboards and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that process is tedious. That's probably my least favorite process because I enjoy putting puzzles together, but you know, puzzles that haven't even, you can't see them yet. It's kind of, kind of difficult. I like yeah. the puzzle putting together on the post-production side more than on the pre when it comes to that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I learned a lot about that with it. Um, when it comes to my set, when it comes to directing, it's being genuine, being authentic, but being very positive uh, yeah. throughout. Because anytime I get a moment to step on set, anytime I get this opportunity, it was so long coming and it was something that I had to fight and claw for, for so many years. And it was something that yeah. I dreamed about for so long that every time, no matter what it is, it could be a very low budget thing that I'm just doing, you know, not for the passion or for the money or whatever. I'm still so happy to step on set because yeah. it's kind of like I've earned this and it's this just being grateful for this opportunity that I get, because you never know, it might be your very last chance um, when it comes to be able to step on a set like that. So those and then just treating crew like human beings and <laughs> actors yeah. with respect. Respect yeah. goes a long way and, you know, yeah. it's earned. And so uh, you can earn respect from the entire crew by the way that you I treat mean, we, everybody. We, we joke about that, but, you know, if you've been on different sets, you will see sometimes that is not there. You know, yeah. they do. You know, I, <laughs> I remember being on a set and the, the director of photography and the, you know, wouldn't give me a second take and i'm just like gratitude and respect like you said although right. some people believe that you know the messier the set sometimes the better the movie <laughs> i can see that i i can see that probably not my style but uh whereas we're like you know they look at um what was it like star wars or whatever you know it's like you know it, all this went wrong you know jaws the shark didn't work but then it you know Right. But it's like, you know, so it's, I don't know, it's weird on the Dan and commercial. How would that, how would the director direct somebody like a Bob Saget? Like, what would he, what would he do? So I would say it probably. So John Stamos had the biggest personality of the three. Mm -hmm. And he was the one that was signed on with Dannon. So he had the multi year deal. So yeah. it was Stamos kind of bringing on his buddies for this, this bit. But it's good to know that going in because. That has a whole lot to do with 
who you answer to, how you treat people and things like that as a director is, you know, knowing the politics behind anything is always a good way to keep yourself out of trouble and then right. to also flourish. So the way that I Although he say, seems like a chill guy though, Stan. Yes. You know, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he is, he's pretty chill. I would say that there are times where, and I think he would say the same thing where, you know, he, he really wants the product to be yeah. great at the end of what he's doing. And so I think he gets in his head a bit when it comes yeah. to some of the lines or whatever it was like just trying to really like trying to shine a mirror back and say, how does this really look? You know, he yeah. wanted a whole lot of that kind of feedback, which I fully understand. So um, on set, I would actually say Bob was probably, well, Coulier was the chillest. Cause that's, yeah, that's who he that's is. What I, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I would say that, that Bob was probably the second most. And then, uh, and then John was uh, probably, probably the one that needed the most um, reassurance that this yeah. was going to be funny and this was going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so and many then, doubts creep just, in at the 11th And hour. they just don't realize that like, it's, it's just like doing a play or whatever. You're like, is this funny? It's like, you kind of have to just trust the work. Yeah. If you attack it too much, you know, it's like, it's kind of only getting in the way and on set, you, especially with something like that, where it's right. very cut, you don't have a lot of time to, you know, play around with stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think a good example of that would be when you were asking about how he would direct. Um, uh, it was mainly from a video village and uh, so off, off camera where we were. And then there was one scene in the cashier line where we had locked in on what John was going to say and his, uh, his line. And when he said it, he didn't believe it. Like coming out of his mouth, he goes, this isn't guys, this doesn't work kind of thing. Right. And so then everybody's all critical hands on deck, like, oh no, you know? And so in those moments, that's where I would see him instead of staying in the video village, he would for a second, he's like, Hey, try this line. Cause we had alts set up and he tried it. And then you could tell the thing was going off the rope. So yelling cut, he would go out there and just have a one-on-one -on -one conversation that I was not privy to. Um, mm -hmm with with john and just talking through getting a, a good sense of why is it not working for him and getting a good sense mm -hmm. of where would you like it to go or what what is that you know what can we fix on this thing and just mm -hmm. trying to make sense of those moments because you know i i rarely have been in front of the camera i'm always behind the camera but having mm -hmm. a good sense of those who are in front of the camera um mm -hmm. and understanding like what what you are going through in yeah. those moments to be believable and to give the best product possible, you know, and to do, to do your best job doing what you're doing. It's, it's amazing to me. Great acting is one of the greatest skills I've yeah. ever seen in my life, honestly. And when you see it happen, you go, wow, that's amazing. You know, yeah. when they can just turn it on kind of thing. I have such respect for that. Cause that's not me. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> so anyway, that was, that's the main thing was just being, you know, calling side conversations, being one-on-one, -on -one, uh, just having that approach yeah. where we don't make this yeah. thing a whole public thing, even though publicly everybody's freaking out because, you know, we're burning time, and, you know, and the yeah, main actor is not happy and all this kind of stuff. So do you think his critiques were uh, were justified? Stamos? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think do yeah. you think he had a point or so? Was, OK, so they were they were good thing. It wasn't like, you know, it's yeah. hot in here. Let's uh, change. Let's change the. I think it was interesting because that by that point, it's one of those things where you're like, 
I don't even remember what it was supposed yeah. to be because we had gone through, I don't know, 40 rounds of alts and whatnot. And so I'm taking notes and I have all these things of alts yeah. and lines, but we'd done so many rewrites that it had become this whole thing that wasn't what it originally was to such yeah. a level that he could be right. He could be wrong. I wouldn't have known at that point. I was so detached versus when you're living yeah, it. Because you're, you're kind of just, yeah, you're kind of just like, okay, we got to just get it done. You feel like you're never going to get it done. Like yeah. when you're, when you're doing it, it just feels like, you know, you just have it in that ID. It's like, okay. We'll get yeah. It done. And it could be because I mean, Stamos uh, checked off on everything. Um, yeah. And, you know, beforehand. So it could just yeah. be the way the wind blows that day and the way it comes off, you know, when he's in the moment, he's actually in yeah. the, you know, working along the uh, other actor and just goes, yeah. Hey, this does not feel right. You know? So for whatever reason, I wouldn't say it was, yeah, it wasn't off, yeah. off, uh, off color or anything. Or it wasn't, glo- it wasn't, it wasn't Gloria Swanson, you know, and like, I need more, I need more film. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. Exactly. I need a close up. It's just me, you know, or something. No, just do it about me. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Okay, that about does it for this interview. I hope you enjoyed part four of my interview with Adam Franklin. As always, you can find me at Justin Yachts. Please like, share, and subscribe, and consider checking out the YouTube channel. And I will see you next time on the DMF.